Welcome back to Honorable Evolution. My name is uh, Marcel Tassar, and I'm on a quest to hunt down the world's healthiest people. And uh, you know, a lot of times we think about health in terms of uh, physical health, um, and uh, um, that's one aspect. And, and I'm, I'm interested in that, and I'm also interested in you know community health and spiritual health. And, Emotional health, all the, all the all the domains of health that I can I can uh, pick the brains of of the world's wisest, most experienced, and so I'm really grateful today to be joined by David Lindgren. He's a, a therapist and a coach from Chicago. He's been integral in men's work, um, particularly the the Mankind Project and Path to Spirit Warrior, which he's the founder of uh, for several decades now. And so. Got a lot of experience in in helping helping us men be men, be be healthy men, and uh, be be men amongst men. So thanks for thanks for gracing me with your presence today, David. Thank you. So glad to be here, Marcel. Yeah, really. Not thank you. One of the questions I have, uh, David, is around what is what is men's work. I mean, that term and and what are we what are we talking about when we're talking about men sitting with other men and um, opening up i think it's distinguishable by two main things it's one um finding your path where you've been from find your own path and then understand that because of the connotation you said men's work mm. is with other men so yeah uh, men that get singular and get off by themselves lose their way. And anybody today that gets all screwed up has not got the support of a, of a, a collective system that helps them define what they're doing, where they're going. So mm -hmm. that's, I think that's today where I think men all benefit. I, I talked to some guys that have gotten kind of super contained with a COVID Mm -hmm. and um they get just some connection with a men's group or some men's collection you know they brighten up real quick yeah so i think the origin of that started back in the uh, 1980s where you know it, it stemmed out of there was a movement for women called feminism mm -hmm. and i think when the three founders uh kind of were thinking about it, they stumbled onto some therapy groups and they realized, wow, there's nothing there for men. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's, uh, you know, and today in terms of, you know, with uh, uh, kinds of charges about uh, men being insensitive, women overly controlling, mm -hmm. that kind of a thing, you know, it's, uh, I think you need to have a, a congregation, a collection of men to turn to. Yeah. So being seen, allowing ourselves to be seen, right, and be be vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's how do you balance up a sense of strength with being vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Those two to put them together, probably today, you know, um, defines what is a good leader. And I think being a leader is also aspect of 
what you take away from men's work, how everyone can be a leader in their own life. Nice. Well, and, and so how would you, you know, if someone, someone hears this, like, you know, men's work thing and I don't know what, what distinguishes it from somebody just going to group therapy or to, um, a Bible study or, um, an AA meeting, men's AA meeting, let's say. Are those two, are all those things way too different to look at? I think probably that, um, a lot of the work came out of uh, recovery work mm-hmm. um, in terms of how men collect together, how men and women collect together and how they share and that kind of a thing. But um, how would it be different? I, I think that... It may be a better question is like, what's unique about it? I... Yeah. Um, well, it, it has a therapeutic component. I think that's another piece of it because I think in men's work, we... We respect where men come from uh, in terms of understanding about attachment theory and all of that about mm-hmm. how you were raised. And I, there's generally, and if we're connotating men's work in terms of with the, where are your background and my background too with the Mankind Project and the New Warrior work and Path to Spirit Warrior. That mm-hmm. um, so there's we we understand that the kind of pain and suffering men go through earlier in life, which virtually everybody does to some extent, is something that is reviewed and understood at a deep level. And I think uh, in terms of emphasizing the masculinity part about having the power to work through things so that typically in our work, in a sense that a man could, you know, you you can be allowed some space to break through and express yourself at a very deep level. Mm -hmm. And that's therapeutic. I don't think we call it therapy, but it's, it's mm-hmm. therapeutic. Yeah, what I'm thinking about as you're sharing that is this idea of highlighting the the beauty in our gender, in yeah, in, yeah. in our, our in our masculinity, which um, there was because of the pervasiveness of toxic masculinity. It's it's really hard to imagine. Yeah, but when you also think about, I don't know the numbers, but in colleges today, there are hundreds of women's studies in colleges. I think there's only one in colleges today for men. And the other thing about the White House even now is that in terms of looking at taking sides with women's rights, there's very little there. And Warren Farrell has started some stuff on a global initiative for boys and men. And it's out there, people can read it. And Mm You know, they're looking at the suffering that boys go through yeah. that are behind in school compared to girls. Mm-hmm. They're behind in enrollment in college compared to girls. They're behind in medical school compared to girls. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, and the suicide rate is higher among boys. The the gun rate is higher among boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, men, Eating disorders are on the rise. Yeah, exactly. So, uh there's clearly not been enough attention all the way around. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, organizations like the Mankind Project, which we've, I think there's something like over 70,000 men have gone through, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, if you, what's the, what's the tipping off point when you can reach a level of change? 
not everybody has to be vaccinated because they herb, herb, herb immunity. I mean, there's a certain kind of thing about men's stuff too, that mm -hmm. when you can get enough significant health into the society and that, you know, things can change. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, the, the toxic masculinity doesn't necessarily have to mean just machismo, you know, I'm, it's my way or the highway. I think that yeah. we've, we've, we've swung in other directions too, where it's, it's so much of, um, I see a lot of hiding out kind of, you know, and, and, and you were talking about opening up with, with others and being seen it's, it is a process of acknowledging those sore spots rather than, rather than just kind of swallowing them and getting harder and harder and hiding out more. And I think the word toxic gets associated with masculinity. Hmm. You know, that's, people think of toxicity, mm -hmm. toxic male thing. There's a certain underlying hostility toward the masculine in our culture. For men, there's been a downward trend about in terms of um, appreciating masculinity. I appreciate oh, yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, the, 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 the last couple of millennia hasn't helped that much. No. Oh, no. <laughs> last four years too or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here I'm wondering if there's more about this topic of of, you know, what someone can expect and why it might be important for someone to check out some men's work and Okay, uh, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that all you got to hear is a testimony from some men that have done it, you yeah. know. Um and I think just take the risk of doing it. I, I, you know, you know about recovery work and mm -hmm. I was recently, you know, working with a young man to get him into Narcotics Anonymous and uh, he's shy. Mm -hmm. And another one of my warrior guys today was talking to me, he said, well, you know, uh, introverts actually have benefited more from COVID than extroverts because they can, they can get involved in things and not people, you know, in mm -hmm. a way. So the big thing is that you have to understand, I think you understand the uh, personality of the man that you're talking to about it, yeah. you know, and how to, how to get through to them in some way. And I, I do think sometimes, you know, a man's got to be in enough pain <laughs> to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't yeah. come out of some kind of like, Oh, this is going to be a great time and be <laughs> nice seeing these men. And, no, no, no. That doesn't <laughs> it's, it's something that something speaking to you. Yeah. It needs to change. Mm -hmm. And we're all, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. That's the point. That's so interesting, you know, and I actually think for men who um, think they could escape that is, is a little shallow. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really believe in, because of the work we've done that, um, that really in effect, all men at some point could benefit from it. Yeah. All men could. Okay. So, yeah, I agree. And, uh, and maybe it's not, either of the organizations we're talking about today, maybe it's something else, you know, well, there's, you know. And there's, there's a lot of spinoffs. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, actually mankind fracture, I think was uh, one of the first ones in 1985 uh, when it started. So, but mm -hmm. there's been a lot of spinoffs within churches and other religious groups, yeah. spiritual groups. And there was a Christian group that spun off. That's a kind of a warrior group. Okay. I'm blocking the name yeah. right now, but. You know, this mostly uh, was run by therapists hmm. and they would typically get therapists to refer people to it. Yeah. So, okay. 
Yeah. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. So BAM, which is the uh, uh-huh. Becoming a Man Project in Chicago, yeah. Yeah. it's taken off nationally, actually. Awesome. And it, and it started kind of the, with the triggering from uh, the warrior work. Hmm. That's how it kind of started. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's a, a lovely organization that's doing some really oh, yeah. amazing work in, in schools. Yeah. yeah. With young young men, uh, I, I'm thinking about just how you know we we all have been exposed to a limited amount of models, and and not always are those models the most <clears throat> helpful for for whatever reason. Maybe our life circumstances change, or um, you know, Maybe it wasn't the best the best approach to dealing with with conflict and and so so that's what we I mean those are the ways that we learn to be in the world from these these you know our parents and our relatives and and so I see I see uh, men's work as a place for people for men to um, expose themselves to to other kinds of models and other ways of of dealing with situations and, and being, you know, challenged in a, in a, in a loving way about, about our kind of status quo. Yeah. I, I think ultimately it's a loving way, but I think you got to go through some hurdles to get to it. Yeah. Uh, most of the men that I see in therapy uh, or like interview them come to training have had some conflict in either absent fathering or power struggle with their father. Mm. Many of them are were exposed to that generation before them of you know uh, bickering, um, criticalness, not mm-hmm. being able to be rewarded for anything, and that they go out in the world to kind of beat on their chest with their personas and get what they want. It doesn't work, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or they fall into some kind of addictive pattern, as if everybody's addicted to something. Yeah. Just when you get into that toxic range, that's the problem. But mm-hmm this stuff started for initiatory rites of passage. So that part was that an initiation rite of passage, you take the adolescent, the emerging pubescent adolescent boy, mm-hmm. and, you, and you came in the middle of the night and you took him out of the hut and, and you took him away from his mother. Yeah. Because in the tribes like that, the mother were raising the boys all the time and the fathers were out, you know, hunting and collecting whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. So the men would take the boy out into the wilderness. Not the father. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. That, that's a good point. Yeah, it was other men in the community that did that. And they might uh, injure him, might knock a tooth out. They remember him so he's, he can remember it in his body. Mm-hmm. Cut or something, you know, whatever it would be. So, But the idea there was to be, this is a broad statement about, but to be born of men. Mm-hmm. You're born of a woman. Now you need to be born of men. But the part is, I think about the training in a sense, is to separate you from the cop out of being a boy. <laughs> and what What's, it takes- when you say a boy, being a boy, how do you, can you describe a man boy? A man boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I'll describe you a boy that hasn't gone into manhood in a sense. Okay. Yeah. Not just by puberty or whatever else physically, but emotionally. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they're not aware of what drives them. What's the core cause of their behavior in some way? They just act out. Okay. Now, for some young men, you, you could you could get it late adolescence. My son went through the warrior training was 17. Hmm. 
and it, it's had an enormous effect on them. Yeah. Others take, I, I'm working with a guy now who's 30, and he's just getting it. And I always felt like to get to full manhood, you got to be right into your 30s almost. It's not early 20s or something. Mm-hmm. Your 20s is an apprenticeship to get yeah. on for the rest of your life. So that's an initiatory rite of passage. Yeah. You won't like a lot of young men in their 20s. Sometimes they come, they're not ready when they come to the tournament. They're not ready for mature mass manhood, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know? So they haven't been beaten down yet enough. Well, that's well, yeah, and they haven't found out why they're beaten down. It's not just they're a victim. That that's another piece that comes into it. Victim. Or the boy, the the boy who hasn't matured. Boy, man. Yeah, the boy who's the victim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we've certainly you've seen him in your work, and I have. And you know, the thing is, when you're when you're going through something like, you'll get called out. You know, that's, we all need to be called out. Yeah. And, and, and the if other we're hiding, we can't be called out. What? If, if no one can see you, you can't that's get right. called out. You can't be seen. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So you were, you were saying? I was just going to say the other aspect is that if men are going to be leaders in their own life and take charge of life, they still need a mentor. Mm-hmm. And many of us growing up did not have mentors. Yeah. And I, I kind of pushed it off and I didn't think I needed one. And um, I had coaches, but peripheral to mentoring wasn't mm-hmm. really that mentoring. You know, I, I had a good dad. I didn't feel he was a great mentor per se, but he was a great man. He was a really mm-hmm. good guy. He mm-hmm. was good to me. Yeah. But I wasn't of the ilk at the time to open up and share what's really going on with him. I didn't even know enough about myself to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you were, you were just, I mean, you were, you were following along in what, you know, what you were taught is culturally appropriate for you. Exactly. Yeah. So there's no judgment there. It's just, you know, what, right. what was status quo. Exactly. And I think that that's another component to this too, is, is like, you know, for me, it's kind of like, well, this is, that's the, you know, it's the best that I, I knew at the time. And, and that was fine. And, you know, now it's time for, for something new. Exactly. And then at different stages of life, we have to shift. I think we probably have to shift. I would probably say every seven years, you know, you, hmm. you have a, new, a new sense of self. I think that one of the, as I was going through my twenties and I was looking around at the, the, the folks who, you know, the, the men who are in my life through, you know, recovery community, I was kind of taking note of how much they often made comments about happy wife, happy life. <laughs> now you're into it. I can, I knew you're going there. It was good. Yeah. yeah. And, and something just never sat well with me about that. You and I've had some great discussions about that. Yeah. So what, what do you, when you hear that, you know, that, that statement, is one of of us males continuously kind of trying to appease, and the dynamic that that introduces, and and um, now you're weak. You're weak. You want to appease your woman? That's weak. This is interesting because yeah. I've seen this happen. I got a case where where he's trying to do that. Every time she gets all upset about something, he's trying to say okay and do try to do some kind of flat reflective listening to her and just whatever else and make it better and all that. She's still upset. Yeah. So I, I've counseled him to say, look, 
She wants a man. She wants you to be your own man, to speak yeah. your own peace, to take a stand, to, you know, and if she can feel you're strong enough, yeah. she can trust you. If she thinks you're going to be a weakling, weakling uh, that's, well, that's and a, I just, I just think about behaviorally how, well, if, I, if I'm, if I'm, uh, constantly, um, tethered to whether my partner is okay, you know, then I'm, I'm like reinforcing that in our relationship. And it's a dynamic that just kind of it cycles yeah. and cycles. Yeah. I think the other part is that, that we get very reactive in a love relationship when it's not okay with them. And then we react to it and appeasing could be reacting too. Yeah. It's trying to solve it. And I do think sometimes trying to solve it doesn't work. You just need to be present and you need to listen. Yeah. You need to be supportive and not be uh, reactive in some way. You know, yeah. just, it's not just solving is really hard for, for me. I think for a women who have to speak for themselves on this, but I just sense a lot of women that there's a lot of times they get real upset. They have more nerve endings than we've got. They've got more of an emotional response than we do. I mean, I think men have got to get used to that, that mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, that they're going to bring up a conflict much quicker than a man will. Hmm. And men get into on the withdraw, attack, defend continuum. Men get defensive a lot. Yeah, I know I do. Oh yeah, for sure. I can. How, get how dare you? How dare you get upset with me? Yeah, I didn't mean that at all. What are you saying? I, <laughs> so, and then and then and then wait a minute. You're not you're not listening. You're not listening to my rationalization of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so, okay, so on this point about reacting, I think that's something yeah. that I've, I've um, been really important to my growth in, in walking with you and being led by you around these, these issues and um, on this reaction bit. Sure, sure. If someone's listening to this and they're like, well, how do I not react? What, do you, what is he talking about? Yeah. Not react. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to be even more of a, a weak person. If you react, you're becoming a victim of your own emotional conflict. You know, so, you know, you get angry about something, you get frustrated. But the fact is that you're reacting very quickly and you're not allowing your frontal lobes to take over. Okay. You got the fear and then you got the limbic system of the sad anger part. And then all of a sudden it goes whoosh. Yeah. You know, you're angry or sad, and you get you're gonna you could take a takeoff on that. That's reactivity. Mm -hmm. But if you take like four good breaths or whatever, you wait through it, and it gets up here. You kind of think, oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. Or I'm not going to die, and yeah, she's not going to leave me, or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. here's the trick. I want our work sequence into this. The what we found absolutely profound is this reflective listening that if you can and, and some women object to i i hear you saying dear that you're angry with me well goddamn right i'm angry with you what are you talking about you just do this reflective listening trying to parrot back what i'm saying no, no it's not that you know it's that you have some intention on being empathic yeah and hearing them out and not having to make a decision you you just don't make a decision. You you're in process. You get through it. You you wade your way through it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know a lot of us men you know are very quick responders. 
reflectors. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so part of it too is I think if I'm in a blueprint or or lay it out logically is is it's it's re respecting someone else's stuff, right? And yeah. maybe that stuff is directed at me or it's pointed at me in that moment. But hey, they 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 had a reaction, right? They had something come up. Yeah. I, I okay. So I'm thinking about yeah the the path to spirit, and I don't know if. Maybe you could you could share a bit about how you got to to starting Path to Spirit. Yeah, good question. Um, out of the warrior training, new warrior training adventure, that uh, right six weeks after I finished it, um, that there was another training they provided that they said it's going to be a second training. It was called Spiritual Warrior. And this is in what year? Nineteen eighty-seven. Okay. So um, I found a home right away. It was about men had gone to the training, and there was a sizable number of men that came to it. Yeah. And, uh, they, they asked us when they came in. It wasn't any kind of conflictual, confrontational thing mm. at all. It was, you were welcome. That was, that was a big deciding difference. You're welcome here. Okay. You'd gone to the training like we're brothers, and not, you're not some uninitiated dodo coming yeah. in here. So, um, and they gave us a journal and they said, you know, what do you want to aspire to in your life? And I wrote about five pages that I thought, wow, this is, I can't believe this is coming out of me. Mm -hmm. It was just coming out of unbelievable. Yeah. And then some of the work we had done, they didn't have a process, major process stuff to work on. But so we went through that and then we had some other follow-ups to it. And the guy that was running it was a, a, I think a vice principal, principal of a school in Milwaukee, uh, Doug Irwin, and great guy. And it went on until 91 or so, 92, and then stopped. Okay. Now, the intentionality of the, of the founders was to have two weekends. Yeah. So when we started our big uh center in Chicago it emanated up until 95 and we got a new center and we had to split off and all that. It was clear to me that, um, here's, here's where it was too. mission. How do you arrive at your mission in life? How do you what? How do you arrive at your mission statement about mm -hmm. yourself? Mm -hmm. Who are you? What are yeah. you, what are you here for? What is your mission? Yeah. You could even say, what are you called to in your mission? Mm-hmm. So I won't go into the process of the warrior training that yeah. I did, but it was incomplete. I felt okay, and and I what I felt was is that it wasn't alluding to spirit. That the calling from spirit about why I'm here, mm. I'm here. Uh, there's a certain essence of me that's here that transcends my humanness, and I got to find out what that is. Mm. So that was a really the, 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 the starting point for getting the path to spirit. Beautiful. So, yeah, if you're going to do this, and then out of that, a lot of the processes started emanating and the deeper processes that we do and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. then it was very clear, and this is to make this talking about mission, turned out that to really know what your calling is about a mission is that unless we take you back in your life, and see how you've gone through the struggles and conflicts in that and what got you through them. 
what is it that you brought to the table here that either could save your life or whatever? Mm -hmm. We have one guy, one of our leader guys that uh, was beaten by his mother. Mm -hmm. And so what his mission statement he came up with was with a brave presence. He approaches everything with a brave presence. That's a new strategy for him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to beat on me? You want to give me some shit or something? You know, it's like not going to work for him. Mm -hmm. you know? He's going to take a stand for himself. Yeah. So that was a gift that he got. So what we learned was that the mission is defined by the personal gift you have in your life. Yeah. So you've really got a sense of what that gift is. Where you hit a, a cross in the road, you know where to go because that your mission is going to take you on the road less traveled. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That got it going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, um, one of the things I want to mention in, in case I forget is that, you know, we're, we're talking about this weekend and this rite of passage. My experience with that was that I was invited and, uh, and it just so happened that two men within who weren't connected and within a few months suggested I, I check it out. And, uh, and so I signed up and I didn't Google anything and I just showed up and I'm really glad that I did. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, just, just kind of open mind, open heart and, uh, and just trust in, 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 um, my, my brother, John, who invited me. And, and so that I think made it, um, really, really special for me. Yeah. That helps that, that added to it, to, to, to not go into the, you know, detect Dr. Google detective. And I'm not suggesting people don't do that, but just that, that was my experience. And I, and I, I'm really glad that I, I had that experience. I, I want to say that <clears throat> I, as other men might have some better statistics on this, but of the 70,000 plus whatever, of course, we don't have live trainings now because of COVID. So, yeah. uh, but out of that, um, I don't have any statistics on this, but it certainly beats the statistics on the frequency of, su of suicide in our society. I think it breaks the statistics on a lot of stuff around divorce too. And what, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and if you, and if you look on the internet to stuff about it, you'll see out of the 70,000 is a couple men that didn't get what they wanted and they're going to bitch and moan on the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, it puts the organization on point, you know, about yeah. what can happen. And, there are some things that can go on that can set people off, you know, too. Yeah. So we have to, you have to be aware of that when you go into it, that <clears throat> this is a test. Yeah. This is not, uh, we're not coming in here to just agree with you. You're being tested when you get voted. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we have been just focusing on heterosexual relationships, but there's plenty of, of gay men who are um, heavily involved in, in the men's work we're talking about. I just want to, I want to, um, acknowledge the warrior work too when gay men have come through the training <clears throat> either gay men uh who maybe haven't necessarily come out mm -hmm. or they've stated that they get acknowledged yeah uh, heterosexual men don't have to get acknowledged in a sense but gay men get acknowledged yeah you know so the question is to make it a safe place mm -hmm. so it's obviously started by heterosexual men you know <clears throat> i'm just thinking about someone i know who killed themselves a few years ago you know someone I, I worked with and i don't know much about this person's story 
and I, I, um, but I, I know that it, he had some stuff going on and I just, I just wonder about how many men don't ever get seen and don't ever, you know, there's not a, there's not an avenue for them to be able to, to be really held in, in a, in a, in, you know, I think therapy is useful. I'm a therapist and I love it, but it has its confines. <clears throat> and um, this is this is not a, a, a money endeavor. You know, there's no <clears throat> transactions really here, you know, in terms of someone's here to make, you know, doing it for a business, you know? Yeah, there's just, I just, I just so much strength in, in not hiding. Yeah. And so much strength in, in just allowing our warts to be seen. Right. The stuff that we're, we're struggling with and, and, and being, being accepted regardless of, of that. Right. So, so back to the path to spirits, it's seen as you see it as a kind of a second wave for, for men to do after they've completed the, the first leg of the, the mankind project weekend. That would be the best way, but yeah. there are some men that have done some other work that can come to us, or there's some men that are say more mature in life that maybe wouldn't go through a more challenging experience in the work training. They've come to it. Mm -hmm. They've done that too. But uh, certainly we want to be supportive of the Mankind Project and uh, accept men that come from there. Yeah. Okay. And uh, mostly based out of Chicago. Um, we're going to have some stuff going on in Ann Arbor <laughs> soon. Now with COVID, it's, we're all across the United States in terms of yeah. virtual connections. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. We're ready to branch out into Michigan. Uh, we're pretty much branched out in Wisconsin already. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had an opportunity to get branched in Colorado, so it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. But... Well, so I'll, I'll 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 be you know including links and and um, folks can can check out the website and uh, yeah. keep keep abreast of of updates as we uh, hopefully return to normalcy right. soon. Quote and, unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. And, you know, I mean, we've got folks who, who, uh, come from, from Arizona to, yeah. to do a training and then, or wherever, and then, and then go back to their home base. So, um, we had a couple from Brazil. Oh, wow. They were, they were Americans that were living in Brazil, but they okay. came back, yeah. back in Brazil. And, nice. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, London, um, that, you know, the, the, the mankind project, we got it going, I don't know about. I don't know how many continents it covers, but it, it's got eight or nine, 10, 12. I don't know how many countries are involved yeah. in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what, what, what are some things uh, that we've, we've not <clears throat> talked about that you, you think is important to talk about here? Well, um, I, I, yeah, I got one to talk about. <laughs> um, guns. Okay. Guns. I, I think that, um, you know, what we found with the shootings that have gone on have been with um, typically younger men mm -hmm. that have not found their way. And I think if you look at almost all of them, they're fatherless in some way. Or they've lost their track of their father. That one in Atlanta was that way. He had a father, but he was in a church in Holdeo. But 
<clears throat> the whole thing about guns and the fact is that um, I don't, I, I grew up on a farm and there was the opportunity to use guns. And I, I chose not to. And mm -hmm. I would see uh, animals being, uh, you know, harvested, you know, and killed. Uh, and I had, I had a pet, pet pig, pet hog, pet cow, uh, calf, <laughs> whatever stuff when I was a kid, you know. I hate to see those animals dying. So mm. That's so just uh, killing something has always been a problem for me about yeah. the point of somebody killing somebody else. So the use of guns <clears throat> and the whole thing about, you know, guns in this country, everybody views this as a right to have a gun. And it's based on the Second Amendment. And the point was, is that I'm going to read a little bit of referencing here. One of my friends sent this to me, but um, the original thing about the Second Amendment was an accommodation to slave states so that slave owners could control their slaves. Mm -hmm. The United States had no money for a standing army. They feared the British were going to come in and take over. The Second Amendment was never intended to mean that any dangerous person could own an assault rifle. Yeah. Yeah. The arms... Uh, that they were talking about were muskets back then. Yeah. You know, so it took like nine minutes to reload. So here's the point about it, that um, I don't think we've had any initiate, initiated men using guns. Hmm. I, know, I know some initiate men have guns. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work to take away the rights because everybody's intrinsically or yeah. caught up in the Second Amendment, which is bullshit, really, when you get down to it. Yeah. But... Um, I, I've I've been a long proponent of um, if you want to use a gun, it's like you want to use a car. You need to get you need to go through uh, you need to pass the test. Yeah, yeah. You need to get makes, license. Makes sense. You need to uh, register your gun. You need mm -hmm. to have a license. You want a gun? Get a license. So. I, I'd like to see us eventually come to that. Yeah. That's, I'm bringing it up because it bothers me about men and violence. Yeah. That there, there's the excuses all the time about guns and um, that, that bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the, the irony is that I think that a lot of folks who are 100% on with the second amendment are also the ones who support us funding the military with every single dollar available. And it's like, well, what are you going to do when this super powered military comes with your AK 47? Not much. The drone's just going to, you yeah. know, no. <laughs> it's not going to do shit. You know? It's not the British army guys. Yeah. To tie it back to our conversation about, about being seen, you know, yeah. I think the human mind has a really amazing ability to avoid pain and to avoid discomfort. And that's awesome, you know, when there's a pit bull chasing you. But but interpersonally, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't take us to good places. And so the work, I think, so much of the work that we're talking about here is how can I, how can I be okay not being okay? How can I be, how can I not, not my whole life not be about feeling good, but be more about you know learning how to feel. Well, you know this from your background too that uh, uh, finding a dopamine answer to stuff uh, is yeah. a good thing, and I, I do think that's what people have got to work through. That I don't have to feel good all the time. Yeah, I and mean, I get asked here at home, "Are you happy? Are you happy?" Like, yeah, I don't. 
I don't try to make a distinction about when I'm happy or not happy. I mean, I, I kind of know, I guess, when I'm not happy, but, you know, I'm, I'm in life. I'm in the process of life. And, you know, life gives me things, doesn't I mean? But uh, I don't have to be happy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have to be happy. I mean, yeah. I'm in a difficult situation with somebody that I don't have to be happy about it. And yeah. I, people, I think men, I just speak for men, not women, but men have got to learn to deal with conflict. They got to deal with stuff. I mean, yeah. there's, you can't and discomfort exist. And... Yeah, exactly. You know, so you're upset. You're, so you're upset. You're uncomfortable or whatever, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah, because when we don't do that, what I see is this, you know, fathers and husbands who are remain in the house, remain in the, in the marriage, but they're not there. They're hiding yeah. in so many ways. Bring it up. Talk about it. Be vulnerable. Be present. You know, they, yeah. I think men, they have to solve everything. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things you got to be in process. If you're in a relationship, you got to be in process. What do you, you what do you mean by that? Well, you're invested in the process of the give and takeness of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I think then you get into the pursuer distancer thing that happens yeah. in a relationship. Yeah. Somebody is going to be doing more pursuing than the other. And when the other one does too much pursuing, the other one's going to distance. And then you got to, the distancer's got to come back into the process. And maybe the pursuer's got to back off a bit, whatever. So they get some balance, mm -hmm. but you can't run from it. That's well, you can. Gonna, well, you can, but it ain't going to work. <laughs> that that that's uh you know a uh, uh, a pretty stereotypical conundrum that's that's um, available for for us to witness all around right now. Yes, definitely. And uh, you know that you, you, it's like it's like I, I think it's very hard to turn off one part and imagine that there's other parts of your life that are, you know, going to flow freely. It's, 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 it's a kind of like a blood circulation thing. I, I play some golf and uh, I say the, the way you, way you play golf is how you live your life. And yeah. if you hit a golf shot, there are very rare golf shots that are perfect to go in the hole. After mm -hmm. the, uh, so you got to learn to deal with imperfection. You got to deal with, yeah. uh, you know, imperfection, what doesn't work, you know? Yeah. And that's the same thing in life. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the, the, the perfectionism word. I think that's a, that's a major, been a major hurdle for me in terms of all kinds of areas of my life. You yeah. Know? So it's a real hindrance because it doesn't allow for, for error. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, um, the problem solving and the perfectionism don't have to lead the charge. <laughs> in these, yeah, yeah. In, in these interactions, you know, what else, anything else that coming up for you before we start to wind down? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I just greatly appreciate the interacting with you, your yeah. professional background and what you've done in terms of your work and all that, how you're growing with all this. It's always thank great. You. To yeah. Interact yeah I'm, with you. Great. I'm really grateful to, to be to, to be trudging along with you here and uh, just uh, really impressed by your leadership and combination of leadership and humility it's um it's very very moving to to be around oh thank you yeah thank you yeah and you're an, you're an inspiration too marcel thank you yeah so um so you are available for coaching 
Right. And you're a therapist as well in, right. in Chicago. Um, and obviously founder of the Path of Spirit Warrior uh, program. And uh, and I'll put a link to all of you know the ways people can get a hold of you in the show notes below. You can maybe get a, there's a website. Or yeah. Website. Yeah. I'll put, I'll, I'll put, I'll put your and website I have, in. I have a personal one up real shortly too. It was taken down a while back, but I have it back up. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, um, your contact is, will be, will be there. Um, and yeah, thanks for, thanks for chopping it up with me here. Well, thanks for having me and the honor of, being on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and anybody who's interested or uh, has questions about anything that we've talked about in terms of men's work or path to spirit, mankind project, uh, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to David and, and yeah. we're both happily. Um, That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All right. So peace. But I'm getting stronger They take a piece of me But I'm getting stronger They take a piece of me But I'm getting stronger They take a piece of me